You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. I know for me, I get excited about this season because I get to watch the growth of Chargers star rookie Justin Herbert, but Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Before we get started, we are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog. We've been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly. And now this is our third season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Well, welcome into all of our new listeners. We really appreciate you guys checking out the show today, and a special thank you to all of our loyal fans who are coming back check it out again but today is crossover thursday and the Chargers are playing the dolphins so today we are joined by the host of the locked on dolphins podcast kyle Krabs, to discuss this weekend's matchup we're going to be getting into the transition from fitzpatrick to tua the impact of some of the dolphins rookies so far and offensive and defensive weaknesses for miami but we are going to start with an article talking about how casey hayward struggles so far in 2020 could have a big impact on what the Chargers do in the draft in 2021 so let's go ahead and get into it one chargers rider is wondering if casey hayward's struggles could potentially change what the chargers are planning to do in the 2021 draft this is daniel wade with your locked on chargers lead story bolts from the blue writer michael peterson came out with an article on wednesday talking about how casey hayward's struggles so far this season could potentially make the chargers have to draft a cornerback earlier on in the 2021 draft than they would have liked and he brings up some pretty substantial numbers here that really show how much Casey Hayward has struggled this season as compared to even the last two seasons not including you know a couple of really elite seasons when he first came to the Chargers and you know led the league in interceptions one year had four interceptions another year but this is really important because for the Chargers Casey Hayward is under contract in 2021 but the thing about it is, is he carries a huge cap number going into a season with some cap uncertainty. So right now, he carries a cap hit of $10.75 million in 2021, but only $2 million of that is actually guaranteed if he's released. So you would have to think that if he continues to struggle, that would have to be a conversation in the Chargers front office. And with Michael Davis, the starting cornerback on the opposite side, going into unrestricted free agency after this season, that brings up a lot of need at the position for the Chargers. But so far, this is the way that Casey Hayward has struggled. Already this season, he's allowed four touchdowns in 2018 and 2019 in each of those seasons. All he allowed was three touchdowns, and although his completion percentage against when quarterbacks are targeting him is only at 50%, it's the yards and the yards after catch that have really gone up. So, so far this season, he's allowed 94 yards after the catch. In 2018, in 16 games, the number was only 69 yards. Even last year, it's at 111 yards after the catch, so he's already creeping up 
on that number through only eight games so far this season. And one thing particularly that has been really bad for Casey Hayward Jr. has been the deep passes that have gone against him. There's one against Tampa Bay with Mike Evans. You can look back to last week giving up a 45-yard reception as well as a 53-yard reception against the Raiders just as further proof that that part of his game has really struggled. And Michael Peterson mentions in this that he came in as a slot cornerback. He came in only running a 4-5-7-40. So it's not as if speed has ever been a huge part of his game. But I don't think we've seen it many years impact him as much as we have this season. Especially in a very zone-heavy coverage scheme, which is supposed to kind of cover up some of those things. It just hasn't worked for Casey Hayward. And the other thing is just... He hasn't been turning the ball over a lot either. Over the last two and a half seasons at this point, Casey Hayward only has two interceptions, and both of those came in the 2019 season. So one of the things he was so good at for the Chargers those first couple of years is the 11 interceptions that he had in those first two seasons with the team looking like one of Tom Telesco's best free agency pickups during his tenure, and he just has not been able to to replicate that this season. And so now the Chargers go into the 2021 draft with probably a very high pick, and they might have to think about using that on a corner. And there's a couple of guys out there that are projected to be right around where the Chargers pick now at sixth overall when you look at guys like Patrick Sertan II out of Alabama with an obvious NFL pedigree with his dad playing in the league for a long time. And then you also have a guy like Caleb Farley, who opted out of the 2020 season with Virginia Tech, but does have the ball skills that you're looking for, does have the game-changing ability and coverage skills that you'd be looking for to take someone that high. But what that does, though, is it also pushes away other needs that the Chargers might have. So you can't necessarily get the best tackle available if you're spending your first-round pick on a cornerback. And we all know that the Chargers have a big-time need at the offensive line position. Really, across the board, they could use more depth and just more overall talent. But now, with Casey Hayward Jr. struggling, it seems like that might have to go on the back burner. But we do have two more segments to get into because it is crossover Thursday, so we got to talk with Kyle Krabs of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, and we're going to get into Tuatanga Vailoa, the weaknesses for the Dolphins, and much more coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys, this football season will be different, and Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this year. For me, I can't really watch football games with people. I'm not a lot of fun to be around on Sunday, so I usually get the Pepsi and take it home with me and watch the game there because it's just not fun to be around me, especially with the way these Chargers games have gone. But Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. I also need to tell you guys that one of the apps that I've been using constantly on my phone during this pandemic being stuck at home so much is the DoorDash app that brings you food that you're craving right now or right to your door. This is something I'm glad that we get to advertise for because I really do use DoorDash all the time. I think there's 364 different places that deliver just to my house and there's also 300,000 partners in the US, Puerto Rico, and Canada. You can support your local go-tos or you can get the favorite national chain that you like like Chipotle, Wendy's, or the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery just open the doordash app you can find your favorite local restaurant and your food will be left at your door with the contactless delivery system to keep communities we operate in safe right now our listeners can get five dollars off and zero delivery fees 
on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app. You can just enter the promo code LOCKEDON to get that $5 off. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word. Don't forget that's promo code LOCKEDON for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. All right, everybody, we're here on Crossover Thursday, and of course, I am joined by Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins. You can find him on Twitter at Grinding the Tape. He is absolutely everywhere covering football. Uh, if you need anything about the Draft Network, he's all over that too, so send him questions about that. This guy is uh, very, very knowledgeable. But hey, the reason why we're here today is to get into this Chargers and Dolphins matchup, Uh and so I'm going to start things off with this. I mean, the Dolphins had a ton, and I mean a ton of draft picks in the 2020 draft, five in the first two rounds. Can you kind of give me your assessment of the Dolphins draft class through the first eight games of the season? Yeah, this is a great time to kind of take a look in the rear view and look at some of those decisions with half a season under the belt for the Dolphins. And obviously the headliner is Tua Tungavailoa, who the Dolphins made a transition to after six games of Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua very quiet with his first start, but he really showcased a lot of what made him so special at Alabama and the upset win against the Chargers. Austin Jackson at left tackle was the starting left tackle to open the season. Uh, he went on IR for a foot injury and then came back and, and actually his first came back was this last game against Arizona as well. After missing a month of action, the least impactful of the five first and second round picks uh, has actually been the third first-round pick, Noah Igbenogany, who was forced into action early on for the Dolphins uh, when Byron Jones missed a couple weeks with a groin injury. And you could tell he was uh, an inexperienced corner. He'd only played corner for two years at Auburn after playing initially wide receiver. And uh, that action was more than you could tell they planned on him having early on. So he's kind of been backburnered over the course of the past month since Byron Jones got healthy. But Robert Hunt right now is starting at right tackle for the Dolphins. The Dolphins' offensive line is much improved from last year in large part because of these two rookie tackles. And then Raekwon Davis has stepped in for Devon Gotchow, who got injured with a biceps injury earlier in the season and has play been playing really good uh, defensive line play from the nose tackle position, having bulked up to about 330 pounds. So you're looking at four starters out of these first five picks right now for Miami. I mean, hey, that's the every single team's dream right there, right? To hit on that many guys, to have guys that are going to come in and contribute that quickly. Uh, I mean, that's got to be really exciting for the Dolphins organization. But, uh, you know, you talked about the the switch, you know, going from Fitz Magic to uh, Tua. And I kind of thought that was a little bit uh, weird, honestly. I just haven't seen anybody kind of handle that situation like that. What did you think of that decision? And was it the right time to make that move? I think it'd be very easy to point to the Dolphins three and three, two consecutive wins. This there's no there's no justification to make the change. And while you technically be right, uh, because the Dolphins as a team, you don't lose your job typically for having success, right? And, and Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, ever since he came to Miami, Miami at the beginning of 2019, really, it's felt as though he's played the best ball of his career. Since he got to Miami, he's like a fine wine, gets better with age. But um, <laughs> you could still see some of the limitations that he had as a passer. Uh, Miami was converting 57% of their red zone drip trips into touchdowns in the six games with Ryan Fitzpatrick. In two games with Tua Tagovailoa, Miami is five for five. So when the field gets condensed, 
Ryan, who's a little bit more of a general accuracy guy, is not known for his pinpoint accuracy as much as Tua was at Alabama and what Tua showed against Arizona. Uh, when the field gets condensed, some of the decision-making uh, always has been a gunslinger, playing it loose, there's less margin for error. I think things like that, and executing the reads post-snap versus what he gets pre-snap. Ryan is so good pre-snap, but teams and defenses who can change the picture on him post-snap, he doesn't always change his mind uh, versus what he anticipated he was going to go pre-snap, and it led to some dangerous throws. So I think Brian Flores, looking at the youth of this team, seeing an opportunity to maybe get a little bit more precision in the red zone, uh, and just feeling comfortable with Tua Tungavailoa's grasp of the offense after an additional six weeks with no true preseason reps to to be able to lean on, uh, all kind of added up. And and if the Dolphins keep playing the way that they have been as a collective team, even if Tua struggles, this team is going to be in position to help him win some ball games and vice versa. Well, it, it helps when your team is scoring points on all three phases. That's something Anthony Lynn said in this press conference today is that the Dolphins are scoring points on offense, they're scoring points on defense, and they're scoring points on special teams. So when you get that kind of contribution from the as a whole from your entire team, I mean, that makes things a whole lot easier on a rookie quarterback. But moving on to the defensive side of the ball, the defense for the Dolphins, they've been great against the pass. I believe they're ranked eighth in the NFL so far. But against the run, uh, it's kind of the opposite picture. They're giving up 130-plus rushing yards per game. What do you think is allowing them to have so much success against the pass but struggle so mightily against the run? Well, I think when you look at how the Dolphins chose to spend their money this offseason and they gave Byron Jones this monster contract and uh, 16 months ago they had given Xavier Howard a record-setting contract and, and that contract since been lapped by like six or seven different corners but very high priced cornerback duo they very much covet secondary play and it makes sense when you consider Brian Flores is a disciple of the Bill Belichick school of coaching which has always had a really strong secondary uh, as far as their ability to step up and stop the run the team did make the decision to trade linebacker Raquan McMillan on the eve of the start of the season, which was a surprising move for some. he They traded him to the Raiders. Uh, he was kind of their thud, thumper, run defender. But because he was so limited in his pass coverage ability, he was only playing 35-40% of the snaps. Well, they, they trade him after the majority of training camp. And then they play the New England Patriots week one, who break out the Cam Newton power run game. Uh, from the quarterback position in New England romps for 217 yards against the Dolphins in that football game and New England wins 21-11. So uh, it, it kind of, they started slow and you, you have seen McMillan's replacement, Elan and Roberts over the course of the last two or three ball games really start to uh, get his feet underneath of him, filling that same role as your primary run stopper at the Mike position. So it's an, it's an, Area that you're encouraged by the direction that they're trending. They played everything other than Kyler Murray just being an absolute <laughs> freak at the quarterback position. Like uh, Chase Edmonds had 2.8 yards per carry last week for Arizona and right. had between 15 and 20 carries on the game. So they're trending in the right direction, but they definitely are feeling the loss of a true Mike linebacker here on this defense. What is one of the weak weaknesses on the offense and on the defense that you think the Chargers would be wise to exploit in this game on Sunday? 
Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, for the offensive side of the ball, when Miami has the ball, you want to try to challenge them to take this stuff underneath and then come up and tackle because the Dolphins do not have a lot of athletes that are going to make you miss and create a lot of chunk plays. So if you're able to make them and force them to play within the 10, 15-yard box and keep everything in front of you and come up and tackle and then hope for a miscue or you're able to to cover the primary read and you force the young quarterback uh, to double clutch and then the pass rush can get home, that's the challenge with Miami is the ball is out of both quarterbacks' hands so quickly. Uh, Tua Tungavailoa is averaging about 2.45 seconds from snap to release. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick was averaging 2.4 seconds snap to release. So they don't hold the ball very long, so you got to be able to tackle in space. Uh, As far as offensively for the Chargers, when they have the football, uh, they need to – Miami's going to try their absolute best to take their attention and give it to your top two – or three weapons. So obviously Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, those guys, uh, it's going to be a heavy hitting uh, matchup between these corners for Miami. So who else can you get involved and in what capacity, whether it's the backs in the passing game out of the backfield, uh, which having seen some of Justin Herbert's games thus far this season, it seems like uh, the Carolina game was a game that stood out as Justin being smart with the ball and taking it underneath. You got to be willing to do that and stay patient uh, because Miami's going to try and force you into a third and long situation, and when then they're going to really hunt the football. And they've uh, forced a turnover in, I believe, 17 consecutive games. Uh, so they're they're really clicking as far as generating turnovers defensively. You got to avoid that. Yeah, and they're definitely going to come after Justin Herbert, no question. I, another another nugget of uh, of information that Anthony Lynn provided in his press conference is that he watched a game where the, the Dolphins split zero 20 times in a single game, so they are definitely not afraid to come after the quarterback, although I would probably caution against that for Justin Herbert, but I'm sure we'll get into that in the next segment here. But to to wrap this thing up, you know, just what, what do you think is ultimately going to just end up deciding this game, particularly on Sunday? I think it's whichever rookie quarterback less makes less mistakes. And, and you and I talked uh, before we started recording here, the crossover segment about how these guys are all going to be tied together. Right. And, and hopefully mm-hmm. this is the first of many battles between these two. But I think the defining element of this one is going to be who avoids the mental miscue uh, that could potentially provide a game swinging play or a a team stealing a possession from the other team. Hey, that's good stuff right there from Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins. We're going to switch things on over and he's going to ask me some stuff about the Chargers and we're going to do that right after this. We here at the Locked On Network have been big time proponents of the Built brand and Built's newest product, Built Go, just ups the ante even more. It's a workout gel that's built to help you break through your mental or physical wall each and every day. It's easy to take. It comes in a one and a half ounce package. You put it in your back pocket, in your golf bag, in your briefcase, in your glove compartment, wherever. And it's always ready to go when you are. It's the best workout gel on the market. It's like five hour energy without the same crash feeling. It's like drinking a monster with a third of the caffeine and better results. It comes in three delicious flavors. My personal favorite, is chocolate mint, but there's also peanut butter, honey, and chocolate coconut. Bilko combines energy gel with collagen protein, which is fast absorbing, and it gets into your system fast, and it's easier on your stomach. 
It's loaded with the good stuff to ignite your system. Beta alanine, B3, honey, caffeine. And it's built to kick all day long with B6 and B12. So visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Continuing this Locked On crossover series, Locked On Chargers, Locked On Dolphins, we have reached week 10 of the NFL season, which is pretty crazy to believe. Uh, But also crazy to believe uh, is some of the hard luck that this Los Angeles Chargers, and I, I know... As Chargers fans, you probably get a lot of the the chargering and butt of the jokes. Oh, yeah. and, and, and I actually look at this Chargers team from my perspective. And I'm encouraged by so much of what is going on with this organization. And with a rookie quarterback, it's understandable to not be consistently closing games. So my question for you is as you look at what's happened with the Chargers in 2020 in one-score games versus 2019 and prior in one-score games, is there also that sense of optimism that, you know, it's it's the same end result in a lot of cases where they can't quite close it out, but at the same time, there's different elements and different reasons to feel a different kind of way about it? I think if you talk to Charger fans, and, you know, we've heard from a lot of them, uh, I think it's just, First of all, extremely painful to watch the many incredible different ways that the Chargers will snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. And I mean, I'm, I mean that very literally because they've had, I think, four 16 plus point leads this year and have squandered every single one of them. So to watch them find different ways to lose football games is agonizing. But I think the one thing you have to take out of this is that all of them are one score games. The Chargers have not been blown out. of any a single ball game this entire season they've lost all of their games by seven points or less so they are right there and that's the thing right there i think that you have to take solace in is because you're not there if you're not doing good things throughout the course of the football game you see the defense get some great stops you see them show flashes of brilliance you've seen all sorts of flashes of brilliance from the offensive side but it just seems like when the game is on the line the team And the defense, more specifically, they don't make the plays to close out football games. They're close, but they don't have that killer instinct. And that right there is the difference between a team that has a lot of skill position talent and a team that has it figured out and goes out there and puts their foot on an opponent's throat and finishes a football game. So obviously one of the the high-profile storylines for this game is going to be the matchup between the rookie quarterbacks, Tua Tagovailoa, who was drafted fifth overall, Justin Herbert, who was drafted sixth overall. And and Justin is performing, even his biggest fans, uh, their expectations for him thus far this season uh, as far as a production standpoint. And, and I would know because I was one of Justin's biggest fans in the pre-draft process. This was a guy graded as a top 10 overall prospect, obviously Chargers, pulling the trigger on him with the sixth overall pick. A lot of belief there in what he can be, but I'm not even sure the Chargers expected this, right? As far as the no. production, the the he's completely flipped the switch as far as his comfort in extending plays and when he's under pressure and the arm talent just explodes off the screen at you. So how much better has Justin Herbert from the Chargers per point of view been 
versus what the expectation was? Well, I think the expectation was is you're getting a kid that has all the size, the arm talent, the intelligence, all those type of intangibles that you're looking for at the quarterback position, but not necessarily the mental processing of the football field. I think when I was watching tape on Justin Herbert in the draft process, that was one of the things, and it might might have been a byproduct of the offense that he was in. There was a lot of quick throws, a lot of getting the ball out of his hands quickly, but he didn't process the football field very you know effectively. He didn't go through all of his reads. It seemed like it was just a scan one one part of the field or go through one or two reads, and then the football's out. One thing I think you have to credit the Chargers and more importantly, you know, Pep Hamilton and also Justin Herbert for seeking out the what's the quarterback's coach's name? I can't remember. Tom House, I believe. Yeah. So he he he, he seeked out Tom House in the offseason. And I think that work right there was invaluable to what he is showing right now, because one, when you blitzed him in college, he got flustered and he did not make good decisions. But that has all been turned around. I think him being blitzed now, he's making great decisions. He's getting the ball out, getting it, getting the ball out accurately. And those are huge differences from his college tape to his pro tape. We already knew this guy was an in, incredibly intelligent football player, but he he has also went out, seeked help. The Chargers brought in more help with Pep, Pep Hamilton, and he's turned those deficiencies into strengths. So I think you have to credit the kid for going out there and working on his craft and being the quarterback that we see today. Did the Chargers expect this? Absolutely not. Nobody expected this crazy amount of performance. It seems like week after week, Justin Herbert is breaking another NFL record. So as we look at the rest of the Chargers offense from the Dolphins' point of view, obviously the uh, the absence of Austin Eckler is a notable one uh, with the injury that he suffered earlier this season that has him on IR. How has the rest of the running game been able to pick up the slack? Obviously, there's a name that Dolphins fans are going to be very familiar with in Kalen Balage, who got a lot of run this past week for the Chargers. Uh, but between him and Josh Kelly, rookie from UCLA, and Justin Jackson, a lot of bodies there. How have they found a rhythm between trying to feed uh, all these players amid the absence of Eckler? I mean, the Chargers have done a really good job of trying to take anybody they can to go out there and perform, you know, admirably well. I think they had Troy Main Poop. Uh, excuse me, Troy Main Pope, a guy who they brought in last year who has been with the Chargers organization, and he's come out and run, ran very effectively. Justin Jackson's had some up-and-down games, but he's just been so injured throughout his tenure with the Chargers. He's so explosive. When he gets the ball in his hands, he can absolutely make people miss. But you have to be available in the NFL. You have to be there. You have to be able to go out there and get on the football field and perform game after game. And that's just unfortunately something that Justin Jackson has been unable to do in his tenure. And have the Chargers missed Austin Eckler? Absolutely. Austin Eckler is incredibly dynamic in the passing game and in the running game. He doesn't put up huge stat numbers, but he's incredibly efficient. He's one of the most efficient running backs in the NFL. The Chargers are desperately missing him. But I think scheme-wise, the Chargers are doing ex- – a very, very good job of running the football and staying committed to it. I mean, they have a running back as their head coach, a former running back. So that's definitely his baby. That's his brainchild. Uh, He's always going to have an extra little focus on the running game. They want to be a power running team, but I think they're realizing now that they need to pass to set up the run and just use the run as a compliment. The pass is their main weapon. As Dolphins fans look at, the Chargers roster in its entirety and and compare and contrast. Uh, One area that Dolphins, the Dolphins have been fortunate to this point in time up until about two weeks ago 
throughout the course of the 2020 season, durability and injuries. We had mentioned in the previous segment, Austin Jackson spent a little bit of time away, but he's come back. Miami is potentially facing this, playing this game without either of their top two running back options. Miles Gaskin is on IR. Matt Breida uh, was limited in Wednesday's practice uh, with a hamstring issue. Wide receiver Preston Williams just went on injury reserve for three weeks. I'm curious what the losses that the Chargers have incurred to this point in the season are from an injury standpoint and how well they've been able to adjust and amend those losses with the other personnel that they have at their disposal. So I think you're starting on the defensive side, the the biggest guy that they've missed, which unfortunately was out before the season even started, is Derwin James. Mm -hmm. Derwin James is absolutely an incredibly dynamic football player. He can affect the game in so many different ways. I've said it many times on my show, but this guy is a Swiss Army knife. I mean, he's the prototypical. I think if you built a safety from the ground up, it would be Derwin James. He can rush the passer. he He can play deep. He can tackle. He can play in the box. He is so dynamic, and the Chargers are desperately missing him uh, in his absence. And they've tried to, you know, use the second-year guy Nazir Adderley as the free safety, move Rayshon Jenkins over from sh- strong safety, uh, but they have struggled, especially taking their angles. Uh, Nazir Adderley basically redshirted his first year; he was injured pretty much the entire time, and you're seeing him make a lot of mistakes out there. We know that the talent is there; he has great ball skills and awareness and speed, but I think the lack of playing time and the lack of the offseason, frankly, due to the pandemic has stunted his growth a little bit. And I think you see that out there on the football field on the offensive side, the injuries have been run rapid on the offensive line. The offensive line for the chargers has been a turnstile. It seems like at guard, they've had three or four different guys there at right guard. They've traded for Trey Turner uh, when they traded their left tackle, Russell Okung to the Panthers for Trey Turner, but Trey Turner's played a, a handful of, 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 of plays in the second game that they played against the Chiefs this year, but has been pretty much injured the entire rest of the year. He has finally participated in practice last week in a limited partic- uh, in a limited fashion. Also, that has continued this week. Also, their right tackle, Brian Bulaga, who they signed in the offseason, spent a lot of money on. He's been out a lot. So that right side of the offensive line for the Chargers has been very, very beleaguered, very injured. Uh, and it seems like, Thankfully, this week, they should have both of those guys out there on Sunday. They need all the help they can get. My last question is a familiar one. It's one that you asked me. So if the Dolphins are looking for a winning formula and a winning game plan against the Chargers, what's one area of emphasis that they should be focused on in your eyes on both sides of the football? So on the offensive side for the Dolphins, they need to run the football. I know that's that's something that you, you know you said your top two running back options are might not be available this Sunday. Well, the Chargers are giving up almost five yards per carry on the ground, so there is a big opportunity to run the football against this team, even if that is with the quarterback with Tua. Uh, they definitely should look to run the ball. The Chargers are not good against the the run. Last week, the Raiders just steamrolled straight through them. They could not stop the run to save their lives. And on on defense for the <clears throat> excuse me on defense for the Dolphins, they should absolutely look to take away Keenan Allen and force them to find someone else to beat them. Like you were talking about, I think you know Hunter Henry is probably a guy they're going to have to key in on if they try to take away Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. So the middle of the field, I think, is something the Chargers are going to try to exploit. So they're going to have to try to take that away. And I know they have an incredible pass rush. So getting after Justin Herbert. Uh, 
is good is a good thing, but you have to pick your spots because he's been very good against the blitz. So pick your spots to come after him. Definitely try to take away the middle of the field. Try to take away the tight ends. I think that's going to be their plan of attack. There you have it. If you're a Chargers fan, a Dolphins fan, regardless, we're thankful that you tuned in. Listen to this Locked On crossover between Locked On Chargers and Locked On Dolphins. We wish nothing but the best for everybody this weekend. Enjoying the football. Hopefully, your team comes out on top. I don't think we'll agree on that, David. But uh, other than that, uh, thanks, as always, for listening to the Locked On crossover series and subscribing to your favorite Locked On podcasts. All right, well, that's going to wrap things up for today's show. A special thanks to Kyle Krabs. And as the Chargers you know, start looking forward to that 2021 draft class, you're definitely going to want to give Kyle Krabs a follow for everything he does with the Draft Network as well as Locked On Dolphins to get insight on you know some of the guys that could end up as Chargers when that time comes around. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow to get into our keys for success offensively and defensively for the Dolphins game this weekend as well as get into our bold and game predictions. But until then, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page Locked On Chargers as well as subscribing to us wherever you get your podcasts from, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. And it's the fastest and easiest way to get the show. If you guys want to get on the next voicemail show, the number is 323-524-7924. And we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.